Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the number one international best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And two things I have to tell you before we start the show. Number one, I'm still home with a cold, so I sound a little funny. Number two, today is my birthday. And and as a birthday gift to myself, I am talking to one of my all-time favorite guests and favorite people on planet Earth. And his name is Scott Milligan. And I know from lots of emails from listeners, he's your favorite too. So why I'm bringing Scott back is I just spent a fantastic week at Banyan Retreat in the UK and had a wonderful week uh, learning and um, being part of seances and witnessing what I call is the miraculous. Scott is a physical medium. He's a trance medium, uh, a tutor, and for the past 20 years, he's really had a passion and love for sharing the spirit world like no one I have ever seen. So I'm really delighted that he's my friend. Really delighted. Uh, Scott, um, good news is that he will be flying to the United States in September and will be one of the guest speakers at the Afterlife Symposium. Not only the guest speaker, we can talk about what he's going to be doing, but he's also going to be giving a a one-day workshop, which will be fantastic, and that'll be on September 13th. And if you can't make it to the symposium, we can actually bring Scott to you because we've uh, he's just announced that he will be doing an online course teaching all about the wonders of physical mediumship. So we'll talk about that on this episode, and to find out more about Scott, his website is scottmilligan.net. So Scott Milligan, welcome back to We Don't Die Radio. Thank you so, so much, Sandra, and happy, happy birthday, and may you have many more happy days to come. Thank you. And um, it reminds me when you were saying about it, and I was was just listening to your intro, that Silver Birch said through his instrument, Morris Barbonell, when you're born to this world, the spirit world weeps tears of sadness when this world weeps tears of joy and when you come to the end of your life this world in which we live weeps tears of sadness as you pass but as you've welcomed back into the spirit world they weep tears of joy to know that the world has served its purpose so all these years ago the other world weeps as this world celebrated your you know your entry to this world and starting your mission changing well through your radio and through your book and through your kindness so you're a gift from god love oh thank you thank you that feels good oh. yeah i've had a tough birthday just because i haven't been feeling well so i, I know you know what talking to you the, you know this is the problem daniel my, my control always says you know this is the problem of being alive you know we, we get ill we get tired over in the other world. They don't experience that. And he, he very cheekily at the ends of that speech, he always says, hurry up and die. And I thought, <laughs> you know, I went, why do you want to say that? And he said, because you won't be ill again. The oh. illness stays with this earth. But I, 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 you know, when you're ill, enjoy it because you're going to have eternity, not being, you know, not feeling this illness or having time to relax or, or rest. So yes, oh, that's gorgeous. Good good way of looking at it. Before we start, this could be somebody's very first episode, and they've never heard of physical mediumship before. Do you mind just giving an overview of this, what it is? Absolutely. Um, it, it's, 
mediumship has many facets. It's like a diamond. And you have mental mediums who stand upon a platform or sit in front of you and through their senses relay information of um, a person that you would recognize within the spirit world and through their senses bring them to life and give you information. And with that information, if you understand that information, it becomes the evidence. With physical mediumship, it doesn't matter if you're mediumistic or not. If you sit with a physical medium under the right conditions, that you yourself will hear and feel the presence of the spirit world walking around that room. Depending upon the capability of the medium, that uh, if the medium was able to produce a small amount of what's known as exoplasm, the spirit world will be able to recreate their own voice within this exoplasm. If not, um, if they were able to um, produce many or copious amounts of exoplasm, the spirit people are able to temporarily to cloak themselves in it and become solid and walk around the room. But with physical mediumship, you don't have to be a medium to experience the phenomena of a seance room. Mm. Beautiful. And for our listener, I encourage you go back to episode 188, which is the first time I interviewed Scott. And uh, he told his experience about how he even first got into this. And it was at the age of 16, I think you said, right? Very young yeah, man. It, it, was, it, it was just bordered from 15 to 16. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm, just, I'm just hitting 20 years of service. And it's just, oh, looking back on my life, I wonder where the 20 years have gone. Because it's just been a complete and utter privileged, blast, honour to experience what I've experienced, to hear the many voices and to have the spirit world become my friends. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, we build up friendship with these wonderful people who only desire is to serve, but also to build upon and hopefully allow us to develop spirituality while we live and breathe within this world. Beautiful. And I remember you saying just last week when I saw you, if someone were to tell you that you could never communicate with the spirit world again, you know, just kill me, end it all, because you do have that Absolutely. relationship with them. Yeah, if, if you said to me, um, I couldn't speak to the spirit world anymore, it'd be like a bereavement. Um, it would be the end of my world, and I'll find it very hard to live under the sun because the spirit world are more real than the people I see in my everyday life. The feeling of love that they surround you with and envelop you while you are sitting and blending with the spirit world. And also when you see a medium work, when you see a medium work who is under the influence of the spirit, you know that they are in the presence and it's just magic. You can't, you can't describe it. Mm, I, I, um, I don't want to say the word is that I'm jealous, but you've obviously been sitting and developing for a long time. And I'm pretty new on my journey. I'm just getting a little taste of it. But to hear you describe it and it just, it just, it, it, well, I guess it's like wanting to be a bodybuilder. I can't just want the muscles. I have to work at it and train and all, and all that sort of thing. But then after a while, then you really get the, uh, the results and and all that. But for our listener, I just want to tell you that um, when I first started getting involved and interested in physical mediumship, it sounded too good to be true. It sounded like, I mean, I was just like, you've got to be kidding that people from the unseen world, our relatives can actually step into this stuff called ectoplasm and make themselves 
whole again and speak. And it sounds like something out of a science fiction. Uh, and even for the longest time, I had a trouble saying the word ectoplasm because I thought of Ghostbusters and come to find out that Dan Aykroyd, who wrote Ghostbusters, came from a family of spiritualists whose great-grandfather practiced mediumship and held seances, and these people appeared in the darkness, um, and they became real again. So it uh, it does seem magical, it does seem unreal, um, but it is real. And for me personally, it, it it gets me so excited to learn about it and to know Scott and our friends at Banyan. And I know there's other physical mediums walking the world, um, but they're very, very rare. And I haven't had the privilege of getting to spend time with um, many of them. I met David Thompson just the one time. So I was in his seance and... Um, and and that's it. That's and then the, there's you, my friend, who I've no. sat in several, many seances now. Yeah, when 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 you hear it's rare, and you kind you kind of have to nod. But the thing is that because of where I lived, and uh, I lived in uh, well, I live in a, a sleepy town called Burgess Hill, and five minutes uh, north of Burgess Hill was Haywards Heath, and in Haywards Heath, Colin Fry lived. And he lived at 82 New England Road. And David Thompson lived at 79 New England Road. So it was literally two doors uh, up from Collins' house. And if you travelled 20 minutes south of uh, David's house and Collins' house, there was Leslie Flint. If you travelled four streets up from Leslie Flint, it was John Austin, who was my circle leader. 20 minutes north of him was Joan Averson, who was a direct voice medium. And so... I was very fortunate to be in a cluster of people that for seven and a half years we sat every night to see and witness different forms of phenomena. And um, I was talking to uh, the group, what we have earlier on today, about one of the experiences that we had at John Austin's house. And Felix, um, who was the, one of the communicators of Colin, he had materialized and was walking around um, John Austin's flat and John Austin lived in a basement flat, and the, the tenant above was laying a new floor down. So as Felix had materialized and was speaking to us, you kept on hearing the hammer being knock, 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 knock. And Felix turned around and said, I cannot work in these conditions, and dematerialized. And then you heard upstairs, knock, 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 donk. And then in the middle of our seance room, you heard bang. And then Felix came back and said, that's better. And then upstairs, you heard like a muscle sound. And what the person that has done, he put the hammer down to, to pick up another nail, ready to, to knock it into the floor. And Felix apported the hammer. So he took the hammer away and then ported it into our seance room. So it dropped on the floor. And he carried on the seance. And then at the end of the seance, he apported you know, the item back. And you heard it drop upstairs. And you can hear the person in the phone going, oh, there it is, blah, blah, blah. So this was very normal. It was so normal to experience this, uh, to have uh, partial materialization, to see hands floating in the air, feet walking by themselves. Absolutely, this was normal. And when I hear people say it's rare, I kind of get it, but I believe that people who sit to develop the physical medium is even more rarer, to have people who are there for the right reasons, who are not um, having a go at each other and have harmony, I think is even more rarer. Mm. And I, I 
have this instinct that there are people around the world that are sitting in home circles, that there is phenomena happening, but, you know, there's so many people that, um, well, I, well, I'd like to get your take on this, like physical mediumship was around, or many of them back in the day, and they all seem to disappear. And I can't help but have yeah. the instinct, is it because people were thought of as being frauds? And, I, and I'm sure that there actually were frauds out there. There was the times of war, people wanted to hear from their loved ones. It's a perfect time for a con artist to create some illusion, some magic trick, and con people for their money, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but there are genuine ones out there. And if you look at on studies, you take your Palladino's work, she would say, restrain me or I'll fake it. Not intentionally, but as the power passes through my mind, my body will react. And Eusebio Palladino was tested by several scientists and very credible people of their modern day. And they said, we will out you as a fraud. And she said, if that's what you want to do, then so be it. They put her in a large hall and they put a, a curtain behind her in the center of the hall and they placed the table down and she would put her hand above it and she would say, work, and the table would levitate to her hand. And on this occasion, when they had all the cameras out, she put her hand above it and they were stepping on her feet to make sure her legs weren't lifting up. They were making sure everything was in strict control. And she said, work, and the table wouldn't move. And all these cameras were photographing her. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the session, nothing happened. So they said, we will out you as a fraud. So she said, if that's what you want to do, then... I can't stop that. You know, that's what you must do. So as they were developing the copper plates and the glass plates of the photos, it shows at the behind her, behind the screen, in the far distance, there's a dining room table and it was off the ground, okay. floating in the air. So it shows the scientists, they couldn't just focus what was in front. They have to be aware of everything. Right. But yeah, there is unfortunately areas of weakness where people will say it's fraudulent. But what I would say to many people, that if you come and sit in a seance room, especially in the total darkness, to ensure that the medium is restrained, the room is searched, people are searched, and we have a number of different controls, like everyone holds hands, and the people who sit either side of me, they place both their hands on the person next to them, which we call as an independent. And so everyone's linked up. Uh, but you should be able to feel the presence of the spirit. Right. You should be able to feel the intelligence of the spirit. The words that come should be wrapped in love, but also there to inspire you, not insulting your intelligence. So you have to listen to what the voices say. But there are times in history when we look at mediums of the past, there were areas of weakness, but also that we are we ourselves weren't present sitting in there and this is only one person's view. So these people can be genuine, but unfortunately one person has got a louder voice and said, no, I don't believe in it. And they go and tell certain people and it just grows um, quite strongly. It's like Helen Duncan, who was one of our greatest physical mediums, who was the last one to be trialed as a witch, which changed the witchcraft act to the fraudulent mediums act. And she was able to materialize a gentleman who was from the Byron, and this ship had gone down during the war. He materialized to speak to his mother, 
and say that the Byram had gone down and all had lost. And the mother went off to the relevant authorities to say that we just had this communication. They said, no, the Byram's fine. And then they arrested her for being a spy. They thought she was a spy and because at that time they didn't release the information that the ship had gone down. Now, when you look at her photographs, there's a lot of photographs of her being blindfolded mm -hmm. and it looks like paper mache and people say they're fake and they are fake. And the reason that the woman's blindfolded is, is to protect her anonymity because when she, Helen Duncan was taken to the Old Bailey to be tried, um, Helen Duncan said, I will demonstrate now. And everyone turned around and said no. So they had to recreate the photographs to present them in court. So unfortunately, the letters which state that these are fraudulent uh, pictures, which were set up only for the court case, have gone missing and they don't match up with the photographs. So I, d I think in, in history, every physical medium will have that tarnish of someone saying it wasn't genuine. But if you're not there personally, I think it's, it's very hard to formulate that opinion. Oh, it's true. And I always believe... Go ahead. Sorry. No. I was, I was going to say, I, I, I genuinely believe that people will have an opinion, but I always say, how many seances have you sat in? And a lot of them say, I haven't sat in any. I said, well, when you sit in a seance, then formulate your opinion afterwards. Right. I come from the restaurant background. I am a chef by trade. So everything that I learned was about cooking, food, restaurants. And what something they ingrained in our mind is if somebody has a good experience, on average, they tell one person about That's the it. restaurant. If they have a bad experience, they tell seven people. And I think... Yeah, we, we, we had the same in, in retail. If someone yeah. has a bad retail experience... They, they, you know, they tell more than the good experience. Exactly. And then um, I think it's human nature based on even what we watch on television. Uh, you know, there's not any good news network talking about all the good that's done in the world. What sells airspace is the... Um, all the dramas and all the reality shows and um, some of these really crazy negative things. And so I don't know if it's part of our human dynamic that we'd rather watch a, a train wreck than watch something good happening. But it's something I think we can all be wary of. And, and I know you've had your share of controversy about you too, Scott. And here I love you yeah. to death. And, you know, there's always going to be someone around that may not. So that's hard. Yeah, I, I think sometimes it's like when someone says, I want you to bow down to their needs. And I, you know, I always say, don't walk into a synagogue eating bacon sandwich. So please don't walk into my sanctuary, my seance room and say, I want this, I want that. I was doing a demonstration once and um, this gentleman said, can I tie you down? So I said, yeah, absolutely. Because uh, I, I obviously I don't tie myself down. I get other people to tie me down, which I'll be independent. Or it will be, I'd be tied down being supervised by the independents and double-checked. And my wrists were tied down to the chair arms and my legs were tied to the chair legs. And then he wanted to tie my jeans to the through my belt buckle, uh, you know, the hoops that you put your belt through. Right. 
he ties those to the back of my chair for the cable ties as well. And the gentleman said, can you move? And I said, well, not really. And he went, good. And he put the cable tie around my throat, tightened it, and then pulled my head back and then tightened me to the back of the chair. So I'm now forced to look up because if I looked down, I started to choke. And I was looking at the host thinking, aren't you going to say something? And nothing was said. And the lights went out and within 15 minutes, we had aggressive phenomena. Uh, trumpets were left and the drums were banging and a voice came out and said, are you satisfied to the gentleman? And he said, yes. And he said, now release him. And the light came on, they released me. I came out of the trance state and I couldn't, you know, hell or high water. If you said to me, go back in, I could not go back in. It was like the other world had not blocked me, but I just couldn't move back into that trance state. And the spirit people said we had to work very hard to satisfy one mind instead of allowing us to work. So uh, I always say to people, it's always good to have the angel and the devil on the shoulder. Angel being the open mind, devil being the skeptical mind, because that's how I am. But just remember, for an hour and a half to two hours, you must respect the environment that you're in. Right. And that's why I hope with every demonstration that I do, at least one loved one comes through and is able to have a conversation with with their loved one, mm-hmm. because that's the purpose of what we do. Most definitely it is. And didn't you just have an extraordinary seance? Can you share about, because uh, you don't speak any other languages than English, do you? No, um, I try share? speaking other languages and I, I make an absolute pig ear of it. Um, but we we just had this um, seance, which was my last seance, which was two nights ago. Mm-hmm. And this uh, communicator came and, Daniel always gives out information first. So it's like a like a, a platform one. I have a gentleman here, blah, 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 blah. And on this occasion, it was a woman. And she gave certain characteristics and names. And this person said yes. And they formed a voice box after a few moments. And the voice spoke fluent Dutch and fluent Greek and gave out very specific information and sentences in different languages which I'm absolutely thrilled about. And that gives me confidence that it doesn't matter if you speak a different language and English is not your native tongue. Um, don't think for one moment that when they form a voice box that your loved one will be speaking English. They will speak in their natural language. So I, I was really, really thrilled about that and thrilled about the, this person having a little bit of time with their auntie and their grandmother. I think that was awesome. Oh, it's, and I saw one of the posts on Facebook from the gal uh, who got the communication, and she was speaking in her own language, in the, in the language, you know, so she understood yeah. what was coming through. And that's really Yeah, she, she, she responded in Dutch. Yes. And um, even though I work in Holland, I don't know the language. I only know, like, basics like a, a fork, spoon, thank you, um, you know, can I have my slippers? Don't, like, simple things. But this was fluent sentences, which I'm really pleased about. Um, but it also shows the intelligence of the unseen world. Mm. And as a physical medium, have you been tested throughout the years? Have you had Absolutely. people come um, I had Absolutely. I had a police officer who was vigorous. We didn't know he was a police officer first, but he, he's very senior, um, very high up within his rank. And he actually liaised with the real IRA which is an organization, excuse me, with Ireland. And he is very, very senior. He didn't know, he looks like a normal guy, 
came in and he asked the control a question and basically the control came back and was speaking in quantum physics and he said this person is highly educated and he said I've, uh, I've looked at your background he did background checks on myself Darren even Nick and Stephen to find out what our education was where we had been and he was like I'm satisfied, first of all, that the, the question I asked you, you would only attain if you had a very aggressive um, or intense education. Now, I'm dyslexic, and the highest grade I ever got was a C. And for him to say that, I was really pleased with, but he did voice correlation on me. And when the voice box formed and the control was singing, it comes up non-human because it comes off the scale. He also did uh, voice correlations between Eric and myself. Eric has like a 1.2 second response and I have a 1.7 second response, which shows that the influence already knew how to answer a question before he actually finished. And you, you may hear me saying, uh, 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 a lot. So this is my idiosyncrasy. Eric doesn't have that. So he, he tested that. They were doing uh, hand moulds, which are where the spirit people place their hand into plasticine clay. And these are child's hands, completely different to mine. Mine are reasonably big. I've been under 11 test seances through choosers from the Arthur Finley College. I have had um, kind of tests as in, can you tell me what's in this or was that? And we seem to have a success rate each time. But the tests aren't for me. It's, it's testing the spirit. It's testing the unseen world. So when someone says, I want to test, within reason, I say, well, let's throw it to the spirit people and see what they can do. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not here to be a guinea pig. I'm not here to, to put myself under a microscope. I'm here just to sit and allow the spirit people to say what they need to say right. and do what they need to do. Um, after 20 years, I, I think sometimes you can't you can't prove mediumship in the sense of as a medium we only give out information it's only when the recipient says yes that's when it becomes the evidence and the proof but you know sometimes we're faced with it sometimes we have to come out and and say right okay let's go for it and you know let's see what we can do um, but sometimes you, the bar's really really high. And if someone's got a sceptical mind, it doesn't matter what you present to them. They still will lead away and say, actually, no, I think you could do better. Right. And I've, that can be quite hard. I've faced my fair share of people. When I started my, when I first had my book out, I wanted to go on every radio show there was and talk to people. And I think I have a good fair amount of evidence. People who've listened to my show, uh, hear some really great things, good reasons to believe in the afterlife. There were radio shows that were out to prove me wrong, never even listened to a word I said. One guy actually yeah. hung up on me and I got the recording and he was making fun of me afterwards. And it hit me. I don't need to try to convince anybody of anything. I'm here to talk to the people that believe, that want to listen, want to enhance their life, enhance their spiritual growth, want to find ways to communicate with their loved ones. It's not up to me to change everybody's mind in the world, and nor is it up to you or you know others in, in this world. 
Yeah, we we were holding an event called uh, Voices of the Past, but on this occasion we were holding at a beautiful place called Buckland's Hall, and a gentleman uh, booked in for this course um, for his wife, and his, his wife was the one which was the believer, but he was a person that sat on the fence and um, came into the room, and we have a Christmas tree sound, so I brought in oranges so that the spirit children can open up the orange and if they want an orange, they can eat an orange. And uh, on this occasion, he was chosen as an independent, so he vigorously tied me down and checked everything. And they had, the, the cabinet had like a frame with a central bar through it, so the back. So if you went to pull the cabinet through it, you know, forward, and something was inside, it would hit this bar. And during the seance, they they gave out some love, you know, some information from a loved one, which was taken, and they said they were eating oranges. So when the light came on, there there was a, this orange that had teeth marks in it, and another orange had been opened up and half eaten, and the cabinet had moved, and the bar was put between my back and my chair. And the only way you can get that is if I was released from the chair and slid the chair underneath the bar, put it back up and then tied me back down. But before I was released, he wanted to sniff my fingers because the orange uh, had been peeled. It would leave a citrus smell on my fingers as well as on my breath. He sniffed my fingers. There was nothing. He sniffed my breath. There was nothing. When I was released, I was asked to go and get an apple and bite into the apple, which shows my teeth indentations. And my teeth indentation didn't match the orange. It was completely different. The orange was a child's mouth with, with child's teeth mm-hmm. marks. Mine was an adult mouth with gaps. And my, my bottom jaw, my teeth aren't in a straight line. They're jagged. So it's quite a, a, a pronounced marking. Mm-hmm. And that didn't match the orange mark. So yeah, that, moves, that moves him more than the personal evidence. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, there's no way that that could be done. So I thought, you know, that's awesome. And I enjoyed that more. Uh, but it just made me become more aware. What do people class as evidence? And what classes people from moving in, from believing to knowing? Right. But that is where the gold is. Because for every one or two people that are skeptical or, you know, naysayers, you get the 98% whose lives are transformed change forevermore parents that know that their child is still alive in the unseen world you know spouses that know they're going to be reunited when their eyes closed on earth for the last time people that are on the verge of suicide but now realize that suicide's not the answer because they do continue to live on you know so for that 98 percent of people um that's why you do what you do and I couldn't yeah. be luckier and happier that I, I get to be your friend now and then I get to continue to study Aww. with you. It's really nice. And I'm not just saying that to say that or make you feel good, but um, it has been life-changing for me. And even our friends Nick and Stephen who run Banyan Retreat, banyanretreat.com, just... Uh, you know, there's there's different times that I have done things and I just need to recall a feeling of love. You know, I might be having a down day and I always think, where is it that I feel the most love? And so I actually put myself um, in the foyer there at Banyan Retreat, surrounded by all my friends, both 
in the physical world and the unseen world because I, I really feel love there, really. And uh, to yeah. have that there, we can have it other places. So the last bit on this is to our listener. Um, it's good to be skeptical. There's no doubt about it. But it's I, healthy. It's very healthy. And hey, look at the subtitle of my book, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. But there comes a time where... Um, I mean, we, and we certainly value other people's opinions. We do. But the thing I needed to do was to go form my own decisions. And so that's why I went on that very first trip to Banyan Retreat two years ago. Just, I had to know. And so I, I encourage people, not only that, but to do a little bit of research into this world of physical mediumship. Um, and that's what I'd like to talk to you about now, Scott, is, uh, oh, before I do that, do you think that there's people sitting in home circles that maybe are not vocal about the phenomena that's happening, maybe just for this, for fear of getting into the wrong hands, but do you think there are people out in the world uh, sitting in home circle developing? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I encourage them to remain in their home circle as long as possible to strengthen the phenomena to a degree when the spirit world say, now it's time. I think, in my humble opinion, that I went public too soon and I didn't strengthen myself and allow the development to reach its, its potential um, at that level. And But I had to come out public because physical mediumship was dying and I needed to try and keep that going, ready for the next generation. But, they, you know, I hear whispers all the time about circles sitting and when people come on courses, and I say to them, you just sit, you know, sit in that power. And we talk to them about how to move themselves into that power and maintain that that one and connection with the spirit so that you're laying the foundations. Maybe the circles may not be for your mediumship. It may be for another medium to come along, but you're laying the foundations for it. My um, view on this is that the spirit world deserves to have the strong voice. It needs to have the strongest voice to help mums and dads get up in the morning. So if you are a caretaker of the circle and are just sitting there laying the foundations of power and you are a medium and someone comes along who's much more stronger than you, you should then give up your chair and say to the person, sit and we'll develop you and strengthen you so the spirit world can have that strong voice. Yes. And I, I would have no problem sitting on behalf of someone else. I mean, even being part of your seances, I don't know the mechanics behind the scenes of physical mediumship, but I feel like I'm a powerful girl and I go in with a loving intention, take from me what you need so that the person that needs a message uh, in this room gets it. So I just have that loving intent to serve. And that's why the spirit world will always be interested in you because you are prepared to hope that the person next to you gets the message and it goes to the greatest need. You know, each of us here who are listening to this all have suffered grief and grief is awful. It doesn't matter how old or young you are. It doesn't matter um, what time or day. When grief gets you, it gets you. It's like a little snake that wraps around you and crushes you slowly and to, for someone to have that just 30 seconds or more 
of listening to the voice of their loved one saying, stop it, I'm not gone anywhere, I'm there, I'm here with you. And I remember the other day when you said this, you know, to give that person just that, that little bit of oxygen, that's the whole idea of what we do. And that's the purpose of us sitting. I can't help but believe that there's been people in your seance rooms that were on the verge of suicide and then something happened that made them, whether they got the direct message or someone else, that they chose to continue living. Has that happened? That has happened. And the thing is that the more you think about it, the more that moment of like, not a panic attack, I think that's wrong, but you think, oh my God, you know, what happened if it didn't work? What happened if um, they didn't appreciate or accept the communication? You know, you try not to think about that because there's a lot of pressure put on you because as you start to become known of what you do and people travel from great distances, I mean, we, we have a family that will fly over from India and only stay for one day for a demonstration. And once I found out that they traveled that distance, I absolutely had a meltdown. I was like, oh my God, I, no, 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 I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Because it's like that, that pressure put on your head. And when you have a mum and you look into her eyes and she says, I can't go on. And you're thinking, oh God, you know, if, if there is a God, please, Whatever you can do, bring this person close. And obviously we can't demand and we can't do that, but we have to just do our best to get ourselves out of the way for that person to have that, that little moment. You know, I myself, when, when my father died, even though I know in what I've, and what I've seen and what I've experienced, and I know he's all right, I know he's there, it's the physical touch I miss. It's the emotional connection that I have or that wisdom that I could call him up and say dad this is this there's been time many times I've got the the, the kitchen knife out and think right that's it I'm going to do my rest but something pulls me back and you know I I get it I get grief now I get it I absolutely do and this is what makes it more important than ever um to keep pushing ahead even though that people say physical mediumship is an old thing it should be gone and buried i disagree physical mediumship a mental medium gives you that proof and you're like yeah 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 but when you see and hear your loved one standing there and they come over and hug you and you can smell their perfume you can feel their hair you can feel the wedding ring what they wore or the kink in the knuckle there was one one lady who had communication from her husband who died in, in a very uh, unusual way. And he had a, a, um, a callus on his knuckle, like a growth. Mm-hmm. And that when the hand went over and connected with the hand, you know, when you put your fingers together, yes, like um, they the interlink, she felt the kink in the knuckle. And she said, you don't need to say anything. I could feel my husband's hand. But the husband still spoke to her. And to, to hear things like that, it's just, it's mind-blowing. But it's it's that pressure of oh my god, what happens if it didn't work? Oh, I know, but that's our humanity. You got to step, set it out of the way. Oh, but, oh it's when, when they come into the sound room, they look at you, and you can see the devastation in their eyes. Yeah. You're like, oh my god, please don't. It's like it's like when you go to, to get a, a dog from the from the the shelter. Yeah. They all look at you, and you think, I want to help. I want to help. I want to help. 
But the moment you want to help is the moment you're interfering. You have to just kind of push it to one side and just sit there and say to the other one, right, here I am, do it. Let's, let's see what we can do together. Right. And grief to me is the most painful thing I've ever felt. And is even Awful. though my, my show's called We Don't Die, I talk about so many reasons to believe in the afterlife. The reason I do it all is to help alleviate people of their grief because I've been there. Um, and that is behind every one of these episodes. So I'm never going to stop because I know it makes a difference. And I know at some point I'll be feeling grief again myself. And I've got 200 and some episodes to listen to. Now, more importantly, is we have to look towards the future because uh, physical mediumship seemed to be dying and you you stepped out into the public eye and said, no, it's not. Um, but now we, and I'm putting myself as part of this, part of the, your team, whether you like it or not, Scott, but it's, I think um, it's time this is what I say anyways, to introduce this even further into the world so that people could have the opportunity, whether they want to take it or not, if they're interested in physical mediumship, I would love to provide or be part of a team to provide the knowledge and education and training so that if somebody's interested in it, they can learn about it, they can start sitting in home circles, and that's the game you're up to, too. Yeah, I think I, I can't make you a medium. No. And that's one thing I always stress to anyone that comes on the course. I can't make you a medium. It's something that you're born with. In your very nature for you to be here, it shows that there is an interest. So you're already on your pathway. But what I can do is make you a good sitter. I can make you a person that's able to engage with the spirit world. If you see potential there, I can give you the knowledge that I've achieved or attained over 20 years and say, right, this is what I would do if the medium was doing this. This is what I would do if the spirit world were trying that. And I try and share the knowledge because it's the whole purpose of being a medium who's been given a gift is for the gift to be shared. And that's what I hope what comes across. And when you say, you know, in your in your way, I hope you're part of our circle. You know, this is why you you know you you come over and I say come and sit in the home circle because you sit to serve yes and that's what everyone should do including myself we serve we serve the unseen world we help that spirit person to find a voice and a voice to be heard a smile to be seen a hand to be held that's the purpose of what we do i think i'm coming down with your cold i did you know, not give you, it to you, you <laughs> no but you know you know when your voice is going yes and um you know, uh, my my head's been a little bit foggy since we started this this talk. But I, you know, when you recognise, I may have man flu. I've got man flu. I may die. <laughs> you know, <laughs> your flu is nothing. But I may have man flu. <laughs> I may become a message by the end of this. <laughs> no, you got some work to do before. <laughs> I'm sorry, and I do hope you feel better. I mean, it's gosh, it's part of the human element that we get sick. And what did you say before we started recording um, about? Uh, what Daniel said in the afterlife, the no sickness. Remember? Oh yeah, he said he said that you know in the other world we don't get become sick, and um, he said you've got that to look forward to. So he said hurry up and die. <laughs> and I was like, oh okay. But um, no man flu. If any of you are men who are listening to this 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 talk would recognise straight away what man flu is. It's awful. 
Uh-huh. It's nasty. Um, so I don't know if it's um, the changing of the season or I am actually genuinely getting man flu. I don't know. But I could become a message by morning. You better not be, because I can't do this alone. Uh, yeah. But anyways, let's talk about now. Um, well, let's just go back to the home circle a little bit, because um, part of the thing you teach, and you're going to continue, especially with this online course, is sitting in a home circle is the basics, I think, where it all begins. But in the beginning, we're not looking for one person to be the medium, are we? No, that's right. If the medium hasn't been identified uh, by a very trained circle leader, you sit as a circle, you um, open in, in a prayer of um, of strength and in, invocation of us and spirit world to come and join you in a sacred space, and then you sing. And as you sing, you create a, a, a vibration that allows the spirit world to work within this um, room or or place that you're sitting and then hopefully over time that the medium should start to present characteristics that something is occurring with them and then uh, once the medium is identified then the circle then provides them uh, enough power so they can slip into the author stage which leads them to the trance state and then hopefully the ultimate gift of physical mediumship. In which case there would be a cabinet that the person would sit in that's it but that's all under the instructions of the spirit world everything that is done in development you must seek counsel from the spirit we can we can try and influence the spirit and say right we're going to put this in and that in and it can be a terrible distraction for the spirit we must always listen and seek guidance from the unseen world the simpler the better people don't do simple.com with mediumship they think it's very difficult. Actually, mediumship is, is extremely easy once you start to surrender and get yourself out of the way. Mm, I just interviewed a mom that her son and brother had died in a car accident. And oh, she was woman. grieving terribly. But she ended up, she used the word meditate. But it was what she did is she let go of all thought. She had prayer. And she just put herself in God's hands. And she went into this place that she actually saw her son with more clarity than she's ever seen uh-huh. it with human eyes. And so when you say it's simple, it is getting our mind out of the way. And for our listener to know that once you start sitting in circle, the spirit world is building a relationship with you and your circle. Absolutely. And so these things will... Um, be known. And what I think is interesting too is I think, you know, if I was sitting in a home circle, my ego would want me to be the medium, you know? But then the other side of it yeah. is you don't get to witness any of the phenomena because you're in the cabinet. So I actually think it'd That's be better it. to be a sitter. Absolutely. You, you sit to serve and you sit to give give that, that power. You As a medium, you sit and you drift away and you, you're not part of it. Well, you are a part of it, but your consciousness isn't. And as a sister, you get to experience the trumpet lifting, the voices coming, the materialization, and all that loveliness that comes with phenomena. Um, And also, as a sister, you start to inwardly develop. But I believe mediumship is like falling asleep. If you look at the mechanics of falling asleep at night, then the emptier your mind is, the easier it is to sleep. 
the more you fill your mind up, the harder it is to sleep. And that's the same with development. Empty your mind, empty as much as you can and feel relaxed. Then you shift into that, that oneness. But if you go with demands, I want this, I want that, and I'm only, I'm only going to sit because I'm going to get this result, then that's like stones which are being thrown in the stream. And you, you can't rest. You won't be able to move into it. These mediums will say, give me this, give me that. And they have this laundry list that they go to the spirit world and say, right, I want age, death, um, memories, this, this, and this, and this. The loved one may not want that. The the loved one may only want to be screaming and saying, I've not gone anywhere. I don't want to be, I don't want to remind my mother how I died with leukemia or with uh, suicide. I want to tell my mum that I'm well, I'm happy, I'm not in pain, I'm with granddad, grandma. They they want to tell the story instead of us as mediums leading the story. I, I knew a, a medium and I was absolutely mortified. I knew two mediums. One, uh, when she got a piece of information right, she punched in the air and went, yes, like this. And when she turned around and said, your son hung himself and he was found in the bedroom and the woman said, yes. And she was like, yes, oh, I knew gosh. I was right. And I, I just stood up and I said, you're being really cruel. Yeah. I said, how dare you? This is not mediumship. This is your ego. And then another medium was asked how much you, you should charge for reading. And she said, well, demonstrate. And this woman started to demonstrate. And every time the recipient cried, she added another £10 to it. So she, at the end of the reading, she said that would be 150 quid. And I was like, how the hell? You're playing on the emotion. And I, it really upset me. And really upset um, what we as mediums are standing for. And I, then I made the promise to the unseen world, I said, I will never, ever, ever do that. I would sit there and listen to you. And as a medium, you must listen. Definitely. The spirit world needs your voice as you need their information. So it's a partnership between the two. And the spirit world is so intelligent. I mean, I think one of the most controversial things about physical mediumship is so much happens in the dark and there have been some people over the course of history that things would happen in the light and we all want think you know witness things in the light we do but oh absolutely we have to listen to the spirit world right absolutely and if you look back at history people will be probably shouting and saying yes gordon did it in the light estelle did it in the light and uh, alec harris did it in the light but if you actually looked at their mediumship all of them started in total darkness and then over time, the spirit world introduced the light slowly and surely. You know, as a physical medium, I wish, I wish so much that we were able to do it in the light because it would make it much more easier. But even the great Alec Harris, and if you read Alec Harris's book, The Mediumship of Alec Harris, even though he was probably one of our finest physical mediums that the modern world had produced, there were still two people who came to say that he was fraudulent. So I really genuinely feel that it doesn't matter what we present and what we give to this world, still people will say, actually, I don't think so. I just spoke to a gal who's a physical medium in Holland, um, my last episode, in fact, Nicole de Haas, and she said that she kind of pushed the spirit world a little bit, and so she introduced the light, and she was very, and she was burnt, 
you know, she learned her lesson and, uh, she says, and she is a tutor at the Arthur Finley College who uh, wants to proceed with physical mediumship in the light, and that all sounds great, but she herself says, I have to listen to the spirit world and work in the dark. And so I think, um, you know, here we are in 2018, I know there's no time in the spirit world, but I have to assume that there are many people at play in the spirit world really working um, through whatever science is needed to make things happen. I mean, they're well aware of our, of our minds and our, you know, technology here, and they're doing the best they can. But I think what is needed is, and this is my personal opinion, it's more people sitting on behalf of the spirit world in home circles to um, bring this to life again. And why not? You know, I mean, it feels good to be with other people, feels great to sing. Even if you can't sing, you laugh, and that's a great energy for the spirit world. I wanted to ask you something about singing, Scott. Um, If I were to start a home circle and try to sing, and of course we all sing, try to sing songs that we know by heart and, and things like that, but could we have music on in the background that we are singing to, or do we just have to have just our voices? Well, you, it, again, it depends on the circle dynamic. Okay. Um, my control turns around and says to the circle that the music that's played through the iPod is a poor substitution of the human voice. But not everyone knows the traditional war songs that we sing in our home circle. And so there comes a necessity when we have to have the iPod on and have Gloria Gaynor, We Will Survive, or uh, ABBA being played because it invokes those happy memories. And it's important as we are sitting for the spirit world to have the happy memories, to keep our minds light and um, not full of politics or anything which is controversial. So for me, if it encourages you to sit and sing, I think keep it with the music uh, until you get used to it. And then you say, actually, we're going to go back to just our human voice and, and sing. And you'll notice that the power shifts and um, you may look in the darkness of the room and start to see what looks like cigarette smoke, or I call them jellyfish. They're like little blobs, and the blobs are like yellowy blue and white, and they, they just like kind of pulse in the air. It's like when you squeeze your eyes really tight, and then you open them, you get like those kind of sparkle lights. That's exactly what it looks like as the power builds within the darkness of the seance room. It's funny that you mentioned I will survive because at that last seance last week when I was with you, different music was being played and I had the thought, why don't you play I will survive because that's the only song I know all the words to. And within a minute, not a minute, a second, all of a sudden it went on. And I thought, now that's intelligence. And so I belted out I will survive louder than ever because I was so amazed. That, that, uh, Gloria, Gloria Gaynor, I Will Survive, and My Life by Bon Jovi, mm-hmm. it seems to be two very, very strong and popular songs. And Show Me the Way to Amarillo is another one. And um, The Carpenters, you know, Top of the World, that, that also is another one. But what I try and do within our seance is to add old and modern, because we have people of all different ages about coming into the seance room. And I kind of want to bring spiritualism slightly into a modern flavour with songs and say it's okay to sing, um, you know, Bon Jovi or uh, Knocking on Heaven's Door by Guns N' Roses. It's it's okay to sing like that. 
as long as you're singing, as long as you're participating, as long as you have love in your heart, that's what it's all about. Mm, and it's so much fun too. Um, but time's, time's going by very quickly, so I don't want to forget to ask you. You are on the verge of having your own online course, which I'm so happy about. Yes. I have been bragging about uh, Banyan Retreat and you and um, other guests and places and going to the symposium and things like that. And people are like, it's great, but I can't get there. And And so for the very first time ever in history... I think is this is the very first online course about physical mediumship in such detail. So do you want to talk about a little bit about what it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what I wanted to do is offer um, people the opportunity to come along. And it's more of a, like a kind of educational uh, experience. And each um, two-hour session will be a different facet of what physical mediumship is teaching people the jargon between what mental mediumship is versus physical mediumship and go into more detail what overshadowing versus transfiguration, what's direct voice versus indirect voice, what's materialization versus partial materialization and kind of give people the education but also like a point of reference. So now I want you to go and study this person and also I want to practice each one with either going into a form of prayer to move you into the power and maybe give you an, an exercise of sitting which will help lay the foundations of your unfoldment but also what we're planning today is to do a session where I will be going off into the altered states into a trance state and to have the, the voice of one of the controls to come through and answer questions on this course about topics or development or anything of interest which will also be led by Nick Abanyan. Nick Abanyan has, has organized this course, and um, we're really looking forward to it because it is one of the first of its kind. I get asked so many times from people, how do, I, you know, how do we do this, how does that? And trying to answer everyone's email is quite impossible with the volume that actually comes through through Facebook as well as um, through our website. So that's why we want to offer this online opportunity. Um, if you can't attend or be a part of this online uh, course, we are going to have it recorded. Then it can be played to you at your leisure. Um, but the idea of you being present at that time is for you to ask exactly what you want at that moment and say, Scott, can you help me with this? What's your views on that? And then I say, through my experience and what I feel from the other world is that I feel you need to go in this direction. And that's what kind of thing what I want to offer. I'm rubbish at writing books. And so if I could speak to people in on this like course environment, it's kind of having like an audio book of like, the history versus modern versus technique. And um, hopefully wish you well on your journey. Mm, I'm registered for it myself and i'm so excited yeah um because well there's there's lots of reasons but um i know just from taking some workshops with you that i feel very home at home and comfortable with you you are a wealth of knowledge of not only um physical mediumship but physical mediumship in the past um on so many things and you do have that love not just for the spirit world but for people 
You know, I remember just last week even giving feedback. You know, you always say something kind, you know, and I just thought that's great. You know, nobody needs to be torn apart with a feedback, you know, but I mean, you're very um, generous, authentic, knowledgeable, and, you know, at the top of the list, Scott, you're fun. <laughs> no. <laughs> you are. You really are. So, uh, you see, this is the whole purpose. You know, what what is gained by destroying someone's confidence? Nothing. There's, there's no gain from it whatsoever. But what we can do, because confidence is like, a, like little marbles stacked on top of each other. They're easily knocked, but not so easily rebuilt. That's right. And the purpose of us developing is that we are going to make mistakes. And for Pachuta to recognize that a mistake has been made, however, let's see if we can help build upon that so that we kind of guide you in the right direction again. But, yeah, I've been on the receiving end of feedback, and it's not nice. And um, I have to say I made a promise to the Spirit Bar and said I will never go down that path. I will never put myself in that place that I would make a student cry because they, they got it wrong. You know, the purpose of of learning from each other is encouraging each other. Because at the end of the day, I want you to sit in the spirit world. I want you to experience the wonderful world that I've entered. You know, and me shouting at you doesn't serve any purpose whatsoever. Right, right. Well, I want to give the listener just a little bit more details about this course. Now, my show, Scott, is going to be in existence, you know, for hundreds of years on YouTube and iTunes. And so it is very possible that somebody is listening to this 10 years in the future. And so obviously we'll not be able to be part of this exact live uh, event. But the good news is every session is recorded. So it doesn't matter when you sign up. Uh, you will get all the videos. So um, if you are available to jump in to be part of the live recording of this online course. It's going to start April 16th. That's 2018. And all the dates are on your website, which is scottmilligan.net. And it's called Exploring Physical Mediumship with Scott Milligan. And like I said, you can jump in at any time because even if you miss the first two weeks, um, you will get the videos of them and then you can join the group for the other weeks. And again, I will be somebody who may not be at all the live ones just because I'm traveling. So uh, they'll all be recorded and sent to you for your leisure to um, to watch them. And another thing that speaks volumes to the course and to you and to um, Nick at Banyan for creating this is you do offer an unconditional guarantee. You want your um, students to be happy. And if you're not, you get your money back. You know, it's as easy as that. That's it. Yeah, it's it's not about... Uh, that's one thing about you. There's just nothing that I've ever seen that's about the money. Just the opposite. No, it's about no. And, you know, people think they do mediumship to get rich. I'll tell you what you don't. Um, it's about serving. That's right. And it's about making sure that you offer a opportunity for the student and to help the, the places that you work. So like Banyan Center to make sure that people who come to the courses, that it keeps Banyan alive, it keeps Kings Wells alive, it keeps other organizations alive. And it's about serving. And um, 
you know, we don't do it to get rich because you never see a rich medium, um, especially a physical medium. We, we, you know, it's not that way inclined at all. And the sales room should always be open to anyone, rich or poor. It should be always open. And that's what I was hoping with this course. You know, we we try and offer um, value for, for money, but also the guarantee, if you don't like it, if it doesn't feel right for you, you let us know. Right. We'll, we'll, we'll ensure that, um, you know, we, we give you everything back and we wish you well on your journey. You know, I won't, won't be bitter about it at all. And it's about encouraging you. And, you know, if you take from it to sit, then I've done my job. I've done my purpose. That's right. I have an idea that might work in the future just came to Ooh. me divinely. Um, not everyone obviously can be part of the the live recording of this, but those that aren't, would it be something in that we could create maybe a Facebook group that's just for people that have registered in this course so that in the future, if somebody jumps into the course a year from now, that if they do have a question, that they could still get their question answered being part of the Absolutely. I, I don't I don't see why not. Um I'm one thing I will say about me, there is a big flaw. I'm really rubbish at answering emails. Um, really rubbish. And I hold my hands up to that. So if it's a face group you know, Facebook group and people are there and they are want to ask questions, as long as you're a little bit patient with me, I would do my best to answer it. And those who do message me, I normally send an audio um response back because I'm really rubbish at typing. And so it's easier for me just to record a voice for like a couple of minutes and say, right, thank you for your message. This is what I've kind of picked up from it. This is where I feel you need to go. Hope this helps and try and use this music to to try and help you. Perfect. Um, And I try and do that as best as I can. And you know what else, Scott? By that time, there will be a group that's already formulated, whatever the word is, on Facebook. So your group members will also be able to help answer the questions because you will be nurturing um, new growth. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So I think that's fantastic. So once again, that, you know, if you're available to be part of the live filming and uh, it's all be done on zoom. So zoom is the online meeting site and it's super easy to to do it's really fun too but april 16th is when the live recording starts and you can go to scottmilligan.net to find out more it's called exploring physical mediumship with scott milligan now the last bit i want to talk to you about is i'm so happy you are going to make the flight to the united states for the afterlife symposium yeah oh my god yeah yay I know. Scary, but yay! <laughs> Scary to you, but it's like the back of my hand to me, so I'll make sure you're well taken care of. But you're going to be oh, actually speaking at, at least three times. One, you're going to do a workshop on the Thursday. Uh, yes. That, that's right. Um, we They've started the symposium one day earlier, and um, I, I wanted to offer people the opportunity um, to come into the workshop and kind of allow me to try and lead you to a point or to a threshold where it's up to you to go further into the development. And um, it is limited numbers because I don't, I don't like this big group idea because as, as a tutor, 
it's important that we encourage people. And then when you've got a room full of 40 people, how can you encourage and give everyone the, the, the time they deserve? So it's not going to be a big group. Um, and I'll, you know, I'll try and share my, my knowledge with as many people as possible. Um, but that's what we're offering. But also on the Imposium is to do a talk on physical mediumship, past and present and future. And as well as do a trance demonstration um, where a control will come through and answer questions of interest and uh, see where it goes. And that, that's what I want to kind of offer the Imposium to say that I, I always say Imposium. It's actually, it, symposium. I can't pronounce the word. For my that's birthday, can you say Symposium? Symposium? <laughs> I make fun of Scott because he calls it Imposium. <laughs> Imp- I can't pronounce That's it. That's right. That I just, I, what I hope is that people, their mind doesn't pick up on that and they just say, oh, we must have said symposium. Sound like imposium. No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it, it's that, that, that event in, in Arizona. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's called the Afterlife Symposium. You can find out more at afterlifesymposium.org. I will also be one of the speakers doing my slide Yay. presentation of Sandra's top 10 reasons to believe in the afterlife. And uh, there's some bonus things in there too. So you want to be part of that. But if you go to afterlifesymposium.org, you can scroll through and see all the speakers that will be there. You can click on each one, different um, profile, find out who they are. And I understand not everyone can travel, make that trip, but at least you can get some information about some of this cutting edge information about the world of the afterlife and who's doing what and the different kinds of communications between, oh my gosh, so many different ways of communicating um, and what people are doing. It's really amazing. Doctors, scientists, physicists, uh, regular lay people, just all kinds of people are going to be there. And this year, they're ex- well, I don't know exactly how many they're expecting, but we sold out at 550 people last year. And so they got a conference hall that can hold almost twice the amount of people. But you will leave there having some of your best friends that speak the same language and really great people. So I encourage anyone go to afterlifesymposium.org. Check it out. Uh, Scott will be doing the Thursday workshop. You can register for that and then just be part of it for the little time. It's really going to be great. Uh, Scott, um, nearing the end of this episode here, is there anything else you want to share um, before we close it out? Well, I think the, the most important thing for anyone, if you, if you come on our journey or not, is to sit and to listen to the Spirit. And to understand that the spirit world have your development in hand. So before you speak to this world and say, how should I do it? Quietly reach to the unseen world and say, as I am your medium, how would you like me to work? And I think that's the most important thing. But also remember that mediums are human. Uh, We're capable of human error and flaw. So understand when you look to them, that they are just someone like you, but they've just stepped a little bit further on their journey and was able to work with this wonderful power that can shift and change many lives. So if you are a medium, remember you are making people get up in the morning who have been devastated by death. Remember you are the healer between the two worlds, healing the needs of the bereaved as well as healing the needs of the spirit. 
please don't allow your ego to become the master of the house, but allow the spirit world and the spirit within to shine through. The spirit people said to me one time, many years ago, if you desire to be a star, then you will. But all stars will fade and turn to dust. But those who contribute to humanity will live forever in the, days of, you know, the lives of those who are yet to come. So please remember, it's not about the applause. It's not about the accolade. It's about mending lives. Keep that within your heart. The development will then fail and it'll be a natural unfoldment. That's beautiful. And happy birthday. Oh, thank you. Happy birthday to Sandra. Thank you. Thank you. If you're you're listening to this song, um, listen to this song. If you're listening to this interview in many years to come, and we have both died and we're now in the afterlife, we'll be sitting there and people will be listening saying, what was Sandra like? It was her birthday today. So I'm going to raise a glass for you in a minute with my tablets of Manslow. And uh, wish you well on your birthday. You're very sweet. And enjoy the rest of your day. I sure will. I sure will. Thank you to Scott. And thank you to our listener for hanging out on this episode. And I hope it's been of value to you. I know it has been for me. And uh, again, yeah, Scott is one of my ugh, dearest friends now. And just somebody I've learned so much from. And... um my biggest hope. And you're my American sister. Thank you. But my biggest hope. You know, that's my. Oh. <laughs> my biggest hope is um, that you, this is our listener, will feel that love from the spirit world to know that you're not alone. You're never alone. There is this unseen world around you of people that love you dearly. And so I have been able to get a taste of that. Uh, and it's growing daily for myself, this belief, this knowing, and this feeling of being loved, which is something that I haven't spent a lifetime feeling, and I'm getting it now. So if you're listening to this show, if you get interest in some of these different topics, it may be about physical mediumship, it may be about something else, but I have a sneaky suspicion it's the spirit world that's knocking on your door and just asking you to sit quietly for them and just say, I'm here, and uh, tuck those thoughts away, um, have love in your heart, and just sit, and the answers will come and you'll be shown the way to whatever part of your development that may be. Might be mediumship, might be service of another sort, but it has been the greatest adventure so far of my life, and I'm so grateful I'm on it right now. So in closing, oh, let me just tell you before I close, um, we have a home base for this radio show. It's we don't die radio.com where you can find all past episodes and other things about the show and the guests. So in closing, my name is Sandra Champlain and I'm always so happy to be your host on we don't die radio. And I do believe that life is an education for the soul and that your life here on earth is important. One more time. Thank you to Scott Milligan. Feel free to go to scottmilligan.net to find out more about him and his upcoming course or go to the afterlifesymposium.org and find out more about that. So thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon.